welcome to the Pipe and Tobacco Talk podcast, where the discussion promises to be sort of interesting, the humor offensive, the tobacco's pretty darn good, and all of the pipes well above average. We're your hosts, Tim Beaumont from Papa Bear's Pipes, and I am Jim from Emerson Southern Forged. Tim, how are you this evening? Good, Jim. How are you? I'm excellent, thanks. It's Sunday good. evening, and you and I are hanging out doing this for the first time. This is yeah, episode this one. Yeah, go on. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Uh, no, no, that's okay. I was just going to say this is episode one. This is our first podcast. Uh, and so how the show will go, we're going to do a segment of what's new. Tim and I will talk about new things in our collection, new tobaccos we've added, new pipes that we've added. Then we're going to have pipe talk. Uh, and Tim has come up with some amazing new pipes. And we'll talk about uh, some of the other artists and pipe makers that are out there. We'll do tobacco talk, any to new tobaccos we've brought in. And then we're going to, we have a list of questions from you, the audience. So we'll just kind of go from there. So Tim, what's new in your collection? Well, I, uh, this is about, uh, two weeks ago, I bought a, uh, a naked Tinsky from, uh, from Glenn Tinsky. Now, if you've been following, uh, what's going on in his life, he's, he's, uh, stepping away from the pipe making world for a while. Um, going to pursue a a career in nursing i believe and uh yeah he he's moving these, to uh, new jersey yeah yeah it's crazy i think he was like in washington or state or something like that or oregon yeah the northwest Some, someplace yeah, in the pacific to northwest oregon yeah 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 and so uh, so i bought the it, it's I'm, mostly I'm, um you know it's a the purpose of it is a shop pipe which is you know a lot of my pipes are shop pipes you know light them Take mm -hmm. a few uh, puffs on it, set it down, uh, you know, spill things on it, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, but it, it yeah. uh, smokes really well. It's enjoyable. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, Glenn and his dad, Mark, make some excellent pipes. And although I don't have any in my collection, I know many people that do and everybody rave about them. So they, they, they yeah. both do great work. And I, I hate to see Glenn step away, but, you know, you certainly understand that, you know, have to provide for your family. You know, Josh Anderson at Anderson Briars did the same thing, you know, and, right. and kind of got out of the business. And I, I hate to see these, these new, very talented artists get out, and we sure hope they come back. Yeah, and I think that's probably, um, you know, for for a guy like me, it's, a, uh, it's kind of the perfect fit because it, it's not – if you're trying to feed a family doing it, uh, it would be tough unless you want to be in the production business. Where you're, you know, reproducing yeah. the, you know, the same pipe over and over and over again, where you can uh, spread costs over, you know, a lot of units. Where if mm -hmm. you're doing artisan work, um, you know, it's it's one at a time, and and that's the fun in it for me anyway. And I think a lot of guys are like that. And uh, but it is it is tough because you can't, you know, you have great months and you have some not so great months, and and uh, to be able to feed a family, it's got to be kind of tough. So, but good luck to him. I think he's gonna. I have a, a buddy of mine that's in the the uh, uh, travel nursing business, and uh, man, he, he's making bank doing that. So I think he'll he'll do well. Mm. I wish him a lot of luck. Well, yeah, I do too. He, he's a very talented guy, and I'm sure whatever he puts his mind to, he'll succeed at. So we're 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 hoping for the best for you, and and we hope you come yeah, back absolutely. to pipe making soon. Yep. Yep. 
And, and about, uh, to, if I could add also, uh, some of the tobacco that I'm, um, I'm working on right now and, and enjoying is, uh, surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, you, you made, uh, pressed a bunch of Balkan for me. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I made this vow that I was going to sell her that and uh, not touch it. And, and I broke my promise. Um, and I'm working on a plug of it and uh, <laughs> i gotta tell you it's uh it's really good i i just i really enjoy it um and it seems to get better uh continues to get better uh smooth smoking oh. it's it's really uh it's really a good combination so you hit the ball off the park on that one well just so the audience knows tim and i are both latakia fans um Tim smokes straight Latakia, and I have a home blend that's 70% Latakia and 30% Perique. And, you know, that that's kind of my go-to, work in the garage, do stuff, blend. And Tim and I are both very similar in our tastes, and oh, we both love Latakia. No, I'd, I'd agree with or that. Or Latakia, yeah. if you prefer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like mm. that blend. Okay. We'll you smoking you. anything else? <laughs> Uh, well, you yeah, know, we, really we're just trying what, to cover all the bases here, Tim. Right, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I uh, got out a uh, tin. I've had it for a while. It was on a shelf out in the shop. And uh, uh, I think it's it's a and d and it's uh, like Irish whiskey, I think is what it's called. And um, Oh. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, if I remember right, uh, Virginia and some, uh, some Oriental, I think. And uh, oh. it's pretty pretty tasty. Pretty tasty. Uh, you know, nice. I, I tend to like the uh, the custom. I've, I've become spoiled um, having friends in the tobacco business. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. The blends. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the blends, um, since I've uh, been exposed to blends, um, the, the, you know, the store-bought tin stuff, um, it's just not, it's just not as, uh, it's not as good. Um, and, uh, if I were to describe the difference for me anyway, and everybody's tastes are different, um, the, the, uh, the flavor notes in the blended tobaccos, um, that you make, for example, um, are, uh, more distinct and, um, there's, there's a bit more lift to it where some of the tinned tobaccos that that I have, um, if they're if they're blends, they, they can be a little flat. It seems sometimes, or you know, if there's hmm. a, uh, or if there's a, it, it, it's just you know, probably something is unique to me, but I can I can taste the difference. So, so there you have it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Anything else in the what's new segment? Well, uh, yeah, about cover it. I'm preparing preparing for the show, the Columbus show. It's coming up this weekend. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to that. Oh, I've I've seen some of the pipes you put together, and we'll 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 cover that in the pipe stock. And and we have to talk about those calabashes you're making because those are kind of breathtaking. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I saw to... the picture of the black one, and, and that's absolutely gorgeous. All right. Yeah, well, uh, they're, I'm going to yeah, pull some fun. stuff up. So. Yeah, I'm going to pull some stuff up here. I'm going to put a little green in front of the screen so that we can okay. see. So this past weekend, I got to meet Anthony from Castle Briars. 
in person at a great tobacco shop called Edwards uh, Pipe Shop, and it's in uh, Inglewood, Colorado, which is just up the road from me. And Anthony made me a commission pipe, and it's this gorgeous bent billiard, rusticated, uh, the blue stem on it. Very nice. Just did very elegant work. It's got a little white in it. And it just, it's a fantastic smoker. Absolutely love it. Let me see if I can do this a little better. But just just a gorgeous pipe. And then he actually made a shop pipe for me. Uh, this was the start of the original pipe he made for me, and it had a flaw in the briar. Uh, and he patched it up and made a gorgeous little Wow, that's nice. Shop pipe, stem, and it looks uh, great. What's the stem adornment on that? Uh, the um, you know, it is a acrylic resin, and it looks like the orange black fire type of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like, and I like that okay. half saddle. How he how he did that? That's sharp. Yeah, he he did a very nice job. And this is really going to sound surprising. He's the actual the first actual pipe maker I've met in person. So it's. Oh. Sorry, I just haven't met that many pipe makers in person. You know, when you live in rural South Carolina, there just aren't that many of them. And now that I live in Colorado, I've I've met one. Uh, next up, it's one I just got from Corey Brown. It is a bent Dublin, just absolutely spectacular graining on it. It's got the horn adornment on it and a very nice stem. And he did... Uh, Corey does a very nice work, and I'm I'm in a chat group with Corey, so just about everything Corey makes, uh, we kind of get a preview. We see it when it's in progress, or you know, as he's finishing them. And I saw this one, and it just had to come home with me. And then last, and I want to bring this up uh, because it's going to come up in the the questions form over function um, when we get to the ask us anything. Uh, and this is a pipe from Richard at EP Pipes. And yeah. I saw this on his website, and Richard, um, as those of you who follow me on Instagram or on YouTube, uh, I had Richard make me a a pipe rack, and while he was making this, I kept seeing this pipe, and it's just so different and so unusual and, and so unique. You know, it's got a 223 shell on it. It's got a brass uh, stumble that connects to the bowl. It's just such a unique-looking pipe. Um, and, and when we talk about form over function, I'm one of those people that if it doesn't have form, I don't really care what the function is. You know, it, it has to catch my eye first, and then we go from there. And then I have pipes for specific things. Um, like yeah. I, I've got a little rack right here that's my morning dog walk pipe. Typically, they're smaller bowls, you know, just enough for a 25, 30-minute walk with the dog. And then I have drive to work, drive home from work pipes, sit on the porch pipes. Um, then I, 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 I typically, after I like the form, I get to the function. And then last but not least, uh, my friend Noah was at a shop. And those of you that know me a little bit know that Acadian Perique uh, from Mac Barron is absolutely one of my favorites. He saw one of those, sent me a little handwritten note, said, hey, I found this in Clarion, Pennsylvania. Thought you'd like it. Uh, and I'm just it's why I love the pipe community. You know, he saw it, he yeah. knew I liked it and sent it to me. And that's just kind of magical. So yeah, beautiful. That's what's that's new great. at my shop. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Well, you know what? There's as you were talking, there was one other. There's one other uh, thing that I wanted to add. Well, two things. All Back right. to uh, right, we'll uh, EP. You know, Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I yep. were uh, table neighbors at the uh, uh, Mule Town show, and I got to know him a little bit. And uh, he's in the mm-hmm. uh, IG uh, Pipe Makers group, and every month we do a. Uh, yep. You know, there's a theme, and. Uh, he, he can come mm-hmm. up with some amazing ideas and the, 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 you know, take Remember the erector sets when you were kids, you had, you know, all the little thousands of nuts and bolts and mm-hmm. you know, little bits of uh, slotted metal and stuff like that. He uses that Lincoln logs, you name it. He, you know, if he, if he uh, puts his hands on it, he can turn it into some element of a pipe. And uh, I just am amazed yeah. at the guy's talent for being able to incorporate stuff into a pipe. It's amazing. Yeah, and just a remarkable artisan. So if you haven't been to but so eppipes.com uh, uh if you'd like to check out Richard's work, he he does our mutual friend Harrison uh showed me his pipe rack and thought, you know, I really need one of those. And yep. you know, mysteriously enough, one showed up in Colorado. Yeah, great. And then Corey Brown at uh, ABBS Artisan Pipes if you'd like to check him out and then uh Anthony at Castle Briars, he's on Instagram. I don't know if he has a website yet, uh, but it'd be castlebriars.com. Uh, those are the three pipe makers uh, that I just talked about in the What's New. I highly encourage you guys if you haven't, if you don't have an artisan pipe yet, uh, find an artisan that you like and get an artisan pipe, and, and it's an amazing thing. I mean, that's how Tim and I met. I I, I found his pipes uh, through Tinker. Uh, Thomas at Tinker's Pipes and said, you you got to check this guy out. He makes some incredible stuff. And, you know, it kind of goes from there. Um, you know, you, you get on these journeys where you find somebody's work that you really like and and they do make some incredible pipes. So, so and, and, and Jim, the, uh, the, the last thing that I wanted to bring up on, on what's new is, is uh, on the 26th, uh, I'll be joining uh, Dan Reese. Uh, Dan is uh, the artist known, known, better known as uh, Buckeye Briar. And uh, Ohio, he's from yeah, Ohio Briars? Yep. Ohio Briar, not Buckeye, I'm sorry. Ohio Briar. And yeah. uh, uh, we're going to be at uh, the Cigaro uh, uh, Cigar Club in uh, Hubbard, Ohio. And uh, we'll be reviewing tobaccos, tobacco blends, and uh, pipes and pipe smoking. And it's generally uh, considered a, a, a cigar smokers club. Uh, they want to add uh, pipe and pipe tobacco offering in their club. And so he and I are going to um, team up and, and uh, go and spend the day with uh, the members of that club. And um, it, if you... Uh, Look in on uh, Instagram. You'll find uh, Dan at uh, Ohio Briar at Ohio Briar on Instagram. Yeah, he makes some beautiful stuff. Well, all and I think he's even got his own website laid. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, that, good. Yeah, I didn't uh, forgot about that. He does have that. Yep. So, uh, so there well, you go. That's what I have doing. an Ohio Briar. So, all right, excellent. I I have an Ohio Briar. I got one from Dan. Uh, Shortly after he put his website up, and I've been meaning to get another one, I've just been preoccupied. That happens. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, next up on the list is Pipe Talk. Tell, tell us what's going on 
in the Papa Bear shop. Tell tell me what you've got uh, what you've got brewing for the uh, Columbus Pipe Show. Well, I uh, have spent uh, since uh, the Mule Town show. Got really busy after the Mule Town show, uh, doing commission work. And uh, when I finished that uh, up, I got really busy building pipes for the the Columbus show and then also the Vegas show that's coming up in October. Um, and trying to build build ahead, which I really enjoyed because you know you get to mm. go out and just sort of let the the block of briar um, inform what the pipe is going to be in the end. And uh, I bought a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, exotic woods, spalded tamarind, cocoa bolo, uh, there's five or six different ones. Those are the couple that I can remember off the top of my head. Some of these I haven't even heard of before. And uh, beautiful now, stuff. Now, where do you and find so, wood like this? I mean, does... I found it, uh, I found it on uh, eBay. Um, there are a couple of... Um, uh, Beartooth uh, Woods. There's a, there's a couple of purveyors out there on the uh, on the inner tube that you can find who um, sell exotic woods, and a lot of it's in pen blank form. Um, and then some of the mm-hmm. stuff that I found is actually uh, bigger bigger pieces. So maybe a three by three by twenty four inches long, and um, mm. you know you can. So so with that. Um, I started uh, has always have always had an interest in calabash pipes, but mm-hmm. you know I've been at this for a couple of years now, and I spent a lot of time trying to get my uh, skills honed down on standard shapes with you know my kind of mm-hmm. interpretation, but uh, just standard uh, smoking pipes, and uh, got into uh, figuring out how to build calabash pipes. And so uh, I took a run at a, at a, at a couple. There's, here's one that's a, uh, uh, this is uh, Morta. I have had a hard time figuring out what in the world to do with Morta blocks because whenever I make a Morta pipe, it's 50-50 chance that it's, it's by you know heating and cooling, it's going to fail, it's going to crack, and I'll just be making a new pipe for somebody. So uh, mm-hmm. with a with a calabash, this never gets hot. It's just the cup that that heats up. And so, for example, this is uh, this is an olive. It's all olive. Uh, you put an O ring on there, mm-hmm. and then you, know, you bore you bore this out and create a chamber in the bottom, so that uh, the smoke collects in here and cools, and you don't get moisture, mm-hmm. and it it makes for a, a cooler smoke. And so this was kind of like the first rendition. And then uh, our friend mm-hmm. Harrison, for example, said, you know, our calabash is supposed to have more of a bend to it. And so uh, I thought, well, okay, you know, let's take a run at that. And so uh, I made a uh, bought, I had had some um, uh, box elder that uh, I'm not 100% sure is box elder. It could be Tupelo. Um, but it was all waxed and uh, cut into it. It's pretty plain Jane stuff. And so uh, I, it, but it's very light. And so uh, mm-hmm. I began with this one. And uh, mm. these are kind of, this is tough because you've got a uh, 
there are actually four drill lines. You got a, a drill line for the tenon for the stem. You got a drill line for the mm-hmm. uh, for the draft. You got a drill line for where it meets up here, and then you got a drill line for this. So it's taking it in and out of the chuck. It's it, you know it, it's been a learning process. Um, but I'm getting a chance to use some of this uh, some of this exotic wood. That's zebra wood mm-hmm. on there mm-hmm. with a with an olive. Uh, uh, insert in the center and then you know using that same material the uh, the box elder and uh just you know it's very clear there's you don't have any kind of grain character really to it uh but it sands down mm-hmm. smoothly and um this is spalted tamarind on here and uh trying a bunch of different things this one there's no o-ring on this but what i did was i, I lined this with cork and so I, I mm-hmm. like this design better. This is a snugger fit. It's tight. And, um, you, you know, if you get any kind of swelling or anything like that, that cork is going to give. And, uh, yeah, you know, you won't have a, a, you know, a chance of having the thing jam up. So anyway, th- this is the kind of thing that I'm, I'm monkeying around with now is trying to get my, um, my process down for making uh, a calabash pipe. And, uh, okay. and and doing it so that it's so that it's light, you know, it doesn't tear your jaw off. You try to, if you were to try to clench it at all, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It, it's only 189 grams, you know, <laughs> a four ounce <laughs> That's pipe. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and when they, somebody buys it, uh, you do have a dental plan, don't you? Because <laughs> you hold this with your teeth, <laughs> right. you know, the crowbar effect. Uh, you could you could yeah. probably whip up a. Yeah, sling for it or something, you know, where you could wear it around your head, <laughs> like orthodontia. Like yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, that's right. But I, I, this is the first uh, go around I've had with um, uh, Carolina Cumberland. Mm-hmm. Uh, his uh, rod uh, Aaron material. makes some incredible yeah. stuff, doesn't he? It's really nice yeah. stuff. Yeah, really nice stuff. So, you know, your pipe makers listening to this. Uh, give it a try. It's, he really makes some beautiful material. Works nice. Um, you can yeah. cut it uh, nicely on the lathe. Uh, uh, yeah, it's smooth. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful stuff. Yeah, he so did that's an what, interview so not too long ago. Uh, Go he ahead. did an interview not too long ago with uh, Nate and Justin over at uh, Pipe Spores and Pals, and Aaron is, you know, really kind of a remarkable guy, you know, that he's, yeah. he's pouring these resins and doing this unique stuff with his stem work, just outstanding. So. Yeah. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Gorgeous stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, I'll, I'll have a few of those at the show and then, uh, yeah, I've got a variety of, of straight pipes, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a nice offering of, uh, of bent pipes. Um, and you yeah. know, combination smooth and and uh, uh, sandblasted finishes. So you know, if you go to the show, um, come by the table. You know, if I haven't met you yet, um, love to do that. It's the the enjoyable part of this community is getting to know people. Now at yeah. the show, also yep. everybody Indeed. should know Indeed. that. Yeah, you'll uh, there's going to be a table there. Uh, with a full offering of, um, not really a full offering. Your list of your blend list is enormous, but uh, pretty nice cross section of <laughs> blends of of uh, 
Everest and Southern Forge that uh, will be at the table next to me. And you've got a, you've got a young man that's going to be a man in the table for you. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, you know, the, the so that everybody knows, the, the coming out party for me was last year at the Columbus show. Um, that was the first time my blends were out in public and, and Tim ran through the, 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 the selection of blends that we sent. And I, I think at that time my blend list was one page and, you know, everybody says, do you, do you have to put Latakia or Preak in everything? Yes. Yes, I do. Not everything, <laughs> yes, I but do. you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just grown exponentially from there. Um, and, uh, he'll have, uh, 12 different blends there, limited quantities of each one. So just, you know, uh, mailing them from Colorado to Ohio and then have a Tim driving up to the show. I really didn't want to fill a van full of stuff and send it to him. So, but you know, all right, excellent. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, uh, wraps up pipe talk at this point. And, uh, if we want to move on to tobacco talk, we can talk about tobacco and, and other stuff and move right along with this. Let's do it. So, all right. So in, tobacco right now uh, a very good friend of mine sent me some some honey and uh i made a rum and honey blend which i haven't released yet um where i took the honey dissolved it in the rum and i'm testing it on a couple of different blends and uh the new sun bear tupelo that came out they used to, uh tequila blanco which is silver tequila and that's how they dissolve the the honey to get it onto the blend. Um, and, and I'm not a huge fan of silver tequila. Um, you know, that's tequila that's tequila's version of moonshine. It's great with other stuff in it. You have to decorate it. it it's not very flavorful. Um, so right now I'm testing a little bit of uh, honey in uh, Herradura Anejo tequila, which is one of my favorites. Um I also, I'm testing it in Coralejo, which is another one of my favorite Anejo uh, tequilas. Uh, and we'll see how that comes out. Um, and I've got a bunch of blends that are in testing. Um, you know, one of the newest things that I made was a, an idea for Jay uh, Furman, who is on Instagram. He, he's kind of everywhere. Uh, he's also on the Pipe and Tamper podcast, a blend called Gemini. And he was on a flight from... Uh, New York to Salt Lake City and he got off the plane and said look I've been thinking about this idea the whole time and I wanted to give you a call and he said what I want is a vapor and I want it pressed and I want Latakia and Black Cavendish and I want them pressed then I want it all rubbed out together and then repressed in one blend I said okay I think we can do something like that. So I, I made the first batch of it. And when you press Latakia, for those of you that are blending at home, when you press Latakia, it brings it f fairly far forward. So if you have a blend that's a 25% Latakia and you press it with some Virginias and Burleys and Perique, uh, the, the Latakia will come further forward. Now it will mellow with time, but the, after the initial pressing, it, it's pretty strong. And I didn't want, you know, because Jay, you know, first and foremost wanted a vapor, but he wanted to touch a lot of Kia. So I, I worked on the blending uh, and, and made the first batch. and I wasn't very happy with it. And it went into the jar of doom. Uh, and then the second batch I came up with, uh, which was lesser Latakia, a little bit heavier on the Black Cavendish, 
really made a nice blend, and that came out as Gemini. Uh, and Jay's got it. Uh, Dominic Radio, a friend of ours from New York, has it, and uh, they seem to really like it. So that'll be available at the show. So that's kind of what's new in my world. Uh, I have been experimenting with aromatics. Um, it's difficult for me to work in aromatics because I like tobacco for being tobacco. Um, I really don't care for um, certain aromatic flavors, but I, I've made a couple and the people that have gotten them seem to really like them. I, I'm going to kind of move forward with a, a couple of aromatics and we'll see where that goes. So that's what's going on in tobacco world. Uh, I did great. pick up two new blends um, while I was at Edwards uh, that I do want to talk about. I, I've been a fan of Rat Rays. Uh, Thomas had sent me a sample of Rat Rays Marlin Flake, which I really like, but it's never in stock. Uh, and when I went to Edwards, they had Marlin Flake in stock. So I picked up two of the 100-gram tins, uh, and I really like that. It's just a wonderful, wonderful smoke. And, you know, if you like on the mellow side of things, I'd highly recommend Marlin Flake. And then I picked up Accountant's Mixture. Uh, Jay had talked about it on Pipe and Tamper a couple of episodes ago. And they had it, and I thought, you know what, uh, I'm going to go on Jay's recommendation and give it a try. And it is an outstanding English blend. It is just smooth and flavorful, and I really like it. And uh, I, I I like Rat Rays. I like what they do um, and, and how they blend, and very happy with both of those. I am looking for some Brown Clooney. Uh, that will be next from Rat Rays. Uh, Nate and Justin from... Uh, Pipe Spores and Palace had mentioned it in their last episode. That was the tobacco they were smoking, and they both really liked it. So I figured, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And, yeah. you know, I, I I like to hear real people talk about tobacco. You know, when they, when they talk about, oh, I taste this or I taste this, okay. You know, when you read the reviews online, you kind of go, okay, well, I, I, I've smoked a lot of the tobaccos that I see the reviews for, and I don't taste the same things that they do. So I try to align myself with people who know, who I know like the same things that I do and say, okay, I trust this person's opinion and, and we'll go with it from there. Right. So, right. Well, that's where and, I'm at. And that's, well, and, and that's why uh, I'm looking forward to, among other things, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the show this weekend, you know, Friday night, you get an opportunity to sit and, and meet and greet uh, the, the folks that are attending and, uh, share tobaccos with folks and, and, you know, talk about them, try them. And, uh, it's always a great experience because undoubtedly you're going to encounter uh, a tobacco that you just haven't gotten around to trying yet. And, uh, somebody will have some and, uh, you give it a run and, you know, you come up with that. Now I got a new favorite, you know? So it's a, yeah. it's a good time. In that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing that we're uh, right. that we're doing, it's, it's like there's a, a moth flying around in here. Um, my, uh, <laughs> I've got a, going to be taking one of these down. You know, um, this is a uh, Lapeer's Fork oh. uh, Tennessee Bourbon Whiskey. Um, uh, had a couple Ooh. of these. And, uh, this is really good stuff. So I'm going to take this down and and. Uh, I'll have this with me, share it around with uh, some folks. And then the other one that I really like is um, uh, Angel's Envy Rye. That's They finish it in the, uh, oh, the rum yeah. casks. That's delicious stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of those. Yeah. And uh, Friday night should be 
should be should be good. We'll have a good time. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure the blood alcohol level will be within reasonable limits for people in AA. For not driving, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, the nice thing about the nice thing about that too is you get to you get to drink in company. When when I mm -hmm. drink alone, um, you know, I'm always afraid that I'm going to end up in a meeting, and you know what that means, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hi, my name's Jim. <laughs> yeah. I just came right. from the bar. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Let's move on to the pipe and tobacco talk question. So I, I posted on Facebook and on Instagram and said, you know, hey, ask us anything. We'll talk about anything. And I've got a list of questions that I'm going to read, and I'll let Tim answer first, and then I'll follow him up. So here we go. Question number one uh, from Dave on Facebook. Favorite pipe shape and type of tobacco we prefer. So, Tim, what's your favorite pipe shape? Um, i got to say it's a uh, like a like a bent um, uh, bent apple, bent egg. And, uh, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me, and, you know, in like a full bent. So that it, it uh, mm -hmm. lays close to my jaw, easy to easy to uh, to clench. I generally smoke mm -hmm. a pipe when I'm when I'm working, and I gotta have both hands free. Right. And with a straight pipe, I can't tell you how many times I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, trying to switch it from one side to the next, and you fumble it, and it flies out of your mouth. And with a uh, a bent pipe, yeah. I never have that happen. You know. And you know, we've yeah. talked about this before, and you know, it's no secret. Uh, you know, I love um, uh, Balkan uh, blend tobacco, um, and then you know, straight mm -hmm. sort of tobaccos. Uh, of course, Latakia is you know the top of the list for me, and and um, of you know, with the Virginias, I, I like a, a black Cavendish, and. Uh, mm -hmm. C and D makes a good straight black Cavendish. Uh, nope. So, no, they do. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Dave, my favorite pipe shape uh, it would be a bent Dublin or a bent billiard. It has to have a bend to it. I, I have a good collection of billiards. I just prefer bent pipes. Um, I just like them better. Um, there's, there's no. You know, when you're starting off pipe smoking, billiards are easier to smoke. They they stay lit a little bit longer. They uh, don't collect moisture quite like bents do. Uh, but I just like the way bents look. Um, and as far as tobacco type, um, I would probably say Balkan English Vapor, but not necessarily in that order because it changes by my mood you know some mornings i'll wake up and say you know i have a taste for a vapor or i have a taste for a virginia blend and other mornings i wake up and say i really want an english blend and other mornings i want something smoky and latakia filled and i'll grab a balkan it just depends on my mood i don't have you know maybe in a future episode we'll talk about our top 10 blends or our, our favorite blends of all time um but i i think i have 200 and some blends here at the house right now and I just, whatever strikes my fancy at the time I go to grab it. So uh, uh, that's what I prefer. So yeah, great. there you go. All right. Yeah. 
question from Jerry on Facebook. When did we start smoking a pipe and what motivated us to start? So, Tim, take it away. Yeah, you know, I've only been uh, smoking a pipe maybe five years. Um, And I was just, you know, working in the shop. This is before I was making pipes and uh, just decided that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I was going to give that a try. And um, just I always like the smell of pipe, pipe tobacco. And uh, so, you know, got my first Mm -hmm. uh, drugstore quality pipe. And and, uh, I don't know, I think it I couldn't tell whether it was the uh, the tobacco or the creosote in the in the uh, that they dunked the pipe in. But it it was uh, (laughs) wasn't wasn't very wasn't very pleasurable, you know. And uh, so I, I think. Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of like the, the, the breakout thing for me was um, I bought a, uh, you know, not really knowing anything. I bought a Peterson pipe and uh, bought one of their system mm-hmm. pipes and uh, bought some some uh, some Latakia tobacco. I remember seeing a, uh, it was a, a meme on uh, Instagram and it was a guy holding a pro- protest sign and it said, we'll trade sex for Latakia. And I thought, yeah, not a bad trade, you know, give it a try. Pretty fair. <laughs> Maybe there's something to it, you know. <laughs> so uh, now when you really like Latakia, there's a lot you'll do for it. So, <laughs> so I thought, hey, if it's good enough for that guy. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a try. And uh, yeah. then, you know, it just started uh, branching out from there. Um uh, so it's been, yeah, it's been about, it's been about five years. Um, and, okay. um, and mostly, you know, like I say, I smoke when I'm, uh, when I'm working and then in the, in the summertime at the end of the day, you know, I'll sit on the back porch and, you know, and have a couple of bowls, um, uh, wintertime it's always in the shop, you know, uh, unless I'm walking the dog or something. So, yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah, huh? that's, uh. That's what it's been. All right. Excellent. Okay. Well, I started in 1986. Uh, my grandfather was a pipe smoker, and, and he was definitely a coucher. He he smoked exclusively Amphora Blue, and he smoked it in Dr. Grabo or Medico Pipes, small, light billiards. That's just what he preferred. He was He was a clencher. When he lit the pipe and put it in his mouth, it didn't come out until the bowl was done. And he only ever smoked one blend. And when I started smoking pipe, he says, well, pick a blend you really like and just smoke that one. And I said, okay. Uh, so I went and bought my first very nice pipe at uh, at the Tender Box. I bought an Urbino, which is a, uh, it's a slightly bent, like an author. And they had a blend called Captain Spice. And I really liked it. It had a great aroma. It didn't bother my wife. You know, uh, back then, you know, we didn't know that smoking in the house was bad. Um, and I smoked until about 1994. Um, and my son was born in 93. Our youngest son was born in 93. Um, and he really didn't want to hang out with dad in the garage having a pipe at, at you know, eight months old, nine months old. And I put it away. And as he got older and we lived in Tucson, a bunch of guys we worked with smoked cigars. And there really wasn't a good pipe shop in Tucson, so I just smoked cigars and moved to South Carolina. And I was traveling for a a trade show and was in 
Palm Springs, California, and they had a tinder box. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go in and see what they've got. And I had purchased, I, I got back into pipe smoking and that was 2018, went back in 2019. And the Captain Spice that I bought the year before gave me just horrific tongue butt. I just, I didn't understand. It never bothered me before. And now it bothered me something terrible. And I went in and talked to the lady that's working there. And she goes, oh, aromatics from the early 80s and 90s are different than they are now. There's different formulas that they use and they're just different. You might want to try something else. And she handed me um, a tin of Quiet Nights and a tin of HH Acadian Perique and some unnamed aromatic that I forget. But man, I fell in love with with Quiet Nights and and Acadian Perique, and it just kind of took off from there. And then the reason I got into blending is, is that I went to, you know, Mutton Chop Piper. I saw his video, you know, cellar deep, not wide, and I thought, okay, I'm going to load up on Acadian Perique, and it was discontinued. Um, and that's how I got into blending. So, but uh, I'm off and on since 1986, Jerry, if that answers your question. So, all right. Next question uh, from Noah at Noah's house, a uh, friend of both of us. Yeah, question one, what draws you to certain blends? And what is a bigger draw in pipes for you, form or function? So, Tim, what draws you to certain blends? Uh, well, obviously, the, uh, you know, for, for me, the, 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 the tongue bite, uh, I'm really put off by that. And so, you know, I look for something that, that smokes smoothly, I suppose, right? Better lack of a better term for it. Okay. And, uh, but, okay. uh, I do like, a, I do like a little bit of uh lift, a little bit of spice to it, peppery, let's say. And mm -hmm. to me, there's a difference between, you know, tongue bite that's just like, you know, raging and a, mm -hmm. a little bit of a peppery flavor to it. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, and I, you know, I, I like a. Uh, uh, whenever somebody says, um, uh, you know, I taste like bread or I taste cocoa or something like that, I never get. I've never had that experience, no matter what tobaccos mm. I've tried. But um, there are differences in there are different flavors that come through, and so um, mm -hmm. and there's things that I can't really I can't really explain or say it tastes like x y or z but it's i know that it's something that i like and so i you know um when i'm smoking it i'm i'm looking for you know those kind of flavor experiences as i'm as i'm smoking and um and the other thing too is it, okay. you know this probably has a lot to do with you know how how you you dry your tobacco before you smoke it but um and you know and humidity and, and that kind of thing in the air but um something that you know smokes and burns evenly um you know you just know when you're having a, a a nice bowl of tobacco the one that you just don't want to have end um that mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's the enjoyable part of it is just it's smoking nice and and uh it's not too hot and it you know it's just right for you um and so that's the kind of thing that i that i look for and about you know form over function or function function over form um you know, obviously the the the, uh, the function's got to be right. Um, you know, the pipe can look great, but it and it can feel great. But if it's you know, you got to work like hell to keep it going. You know, 
all that kind of goes out the window. So I don't know. They kind of come in at a dead heat for me. I do like a, I, as I described before, I do like a pipe that um, um, is well balanced and kind of close to my jaw. Mm -hmm. um, and a you know and a bent pipe and something that feels good in my hand is generally a, something that's got more of a round apple or egg um, shape to it. Okay. All right. Um, what attracts me to certain blends is nuance. When I smoke a blend and, you know, when I smoke a pipe, I, I try to focus on as little as possible. You know, the, the smoking a pipe is my quiet time. So I like a blend that unfolds, you know, that you, you'll taste one thing and you'll have a retrohale and, and something else will come through, another flavor will come through. And it, it, I, I equate it to like a mystery. You're smoking and, and more clues come out and, and it's subtle and it's nuanced. That's what's most important to me. Um, and I suppose that's why the blender that I probably like the most is is Pear George from Mac Baron because his blends are very nuanced. And that's what I pattern my blending off of is, is being nuanced. Um, I, I like the flavors to unfold. I really don't – I typically avoid blends that are heavy – something you know if you look at any tin of pipe tobacco it'll give you what's in it and typically the first thing that's listed is what what the prevalent flavor is or it has the highest percentage um and i look when i'm looking at tins from you know the the, the big houses you know mac Baron or glps or cornell and deal or sutliff or you know, one of the other houses, I, I look for a deeper blend, you know, where it's got six or seven ingredients in it. And that's what will draw me in because I, I it is of my opinion that that will be a nuanced blend. You know, if it's only got two or three ingredients in it, um, I, I probably won't, but I, I do look for a, a little bit longer ingredient list. Bigger draw on me, form and function. It, it has to have the form first, and then it has to have the function. I, I absolutely love the look of Peterson pipes. I've had five of them. All of them looked great. They had great form, and their function was they all smoked out. All of them had terrible draws. Um, I'm not knocking Peterson or Peterson fans. It's just the five that I got all had a consistent theme and, and the same problem. Um but I do. I if I don't like the way it looks, there's no chance I'm going to buy it. Um, so it has to have the form first, and then the function is secondary to me. So there we go. On to the next question from 408. Uh, uh, 408's Wander, can you share the process of blending pipe tobacco and the art of creating the recipe? Oh, that could be an episode all to itself. Um, the short version is it's what I'm trying to create and how creative I'm feeling. Uh, I am always looking for a new type of pipe tobacco. I've experimented with cigar blends. I've experimented with some non-traditional things. It just depends on what mood I'm in or if I have someone call me up and say, I really want this. The, the art of creating the recipe to me is getting the math right. I have a spreadsheet that I use that I put together the math on the blend. Uh, and, and typically 30%, 40% will be the highest percentage of anything I put in a blend. And then I try to pick things that based on what I taste will go well together. 
sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just depends on what I'm trying to create. So if I'm doing a burly blend, there are certain burlies that I really like. I really like burly red tips, which is a whole leaf. I like Maryland burly, which I've gotten as a whole leaf. I like dark burly. I like white burly. And there are certain things that just go really well together. If you haven't just tried dark burly and perique together, you should. Um, it, it creates a little bit of magic. And then you can add other things around it uh, that make it really special. But that's kind of the process that I use. And if you'd like to to find out more, I will happily discuss it with you. Uh, you can message me on Instagram or Facebook, or you can send me an email, uh, and I'll chat with Link to you. But we could go on for hours about that. So let's move on to the next one, because this is from our friend Mike at Pipe and Tamper. Tim, look around and tell us about your workspace and which piece of equipment needs upgrading the most. Well, my uh, workspace is, uh, in a word, tight. Uh, got a lot of equipment in a small space. I think it's uh, uh, 14 by 16, something like that. And uh, uh, my, you know, the biggest challenge for me is uh, is dust collection and uh, management. Um, trying to keep the uh, the dust down. Um, you know, I wear a uh, a, a ventilated uh, filtered hood, uh, one of the a trends uh, mm-hmm. hood. And, you know, it, it serves dual purpose. It filters out all that uh, small uh, particulate stuff that uh, chokes you. Um, and then it also mm-hmm. keeps, It's it's got a shield and a helmet so that uh, when something comes off of the lathe that, uh, you know, spinning 1200 RPM and flies at your face, it's going to hit the shield instead of, you know, embed itself in your forehead. And, uh, oh. not, a, not much of a future. So setting your beard you know? on fire. Yeah. So setting your beard on fire doesn't happen very often. Not as often as it used to. So, <laughs> you know, excellent. I, yeah doesn't mean that it can't still happen that's good quite talented okay well you know i i, I work i i do some metal working for fun and i've set mine on fire a couple of times in the last two years and i'm, I'm not proud of it at all, <laughs> not at all. It, it gets long and luxurious and then it's on fire and you know then i've got the ragnar lothbrock look which is you know <laughs> uh, put beads in it and stuff my wife thinks i'm hilarious um so as other, i look around you know the other thing yeah go ahead no no go ahead you're, you're talking about your yeah. shop yeah we uh i've just uh recently acquired a uh it's a knockoff uh to a tormek uh stone sharpener for uh lathe mm-hmm. tools cutting tools and uh mm-hmm. you know whetstone and uh i'm just getting that set up uh, I've been using a uh, my two inch belt uh, sander, Rikon benchtop belt sander to, to put edges on uh, my my cutting tools, and that's uh, eh, not much of a future in that. So uh, this will be a, a nice upgrade. Having sharp tools is everything. Uh, yeah. So that you know, and it's a it's a constant uh, constant battle though with the uh, with the dust trying to keep the, the sawdust down. I'm the type of person when I'm, when I'm working, I've always had the messy desk at work, you know, when I was on the job mm-hmm. and uh, my, my shop looks like the guy that's got the messy desk. You know, I use a tool, I put it down 
instead of putting it where it belongs, like there are a lot of people that are fastidious about their shop and I'm just not, I, you know, I know where everything is, but if, you know, you're an outsider and you walk in my shop, you're not going to be able to find anything. So uh, I have to constantly, <laughs> you know, constantly keeping, trying to keep the dust up, the sawdust and, and everything. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, man. So I, yeah, I don't think I'll ever I get understand. there. I understand. I, I don't think I'll ever get there. Uh, now, now I, I have the same problem. Uh, so as I look around my shop, so I've got, I think it's 150 64-ounce jars of tobacco sitting off to my right. If you're looking at me, it's, it's off to the left. Uh, and they're, they're triple stacked. And the bottom shelf, the bottom stack is the newest, middles. And as I go through things, I rotate them around. You know, the, the cleaning the jars is a pain in the butt. Um, and it's just space. You know, I, I have my little 10 by 12 office here uh, that I also have pipes and display shelves. And you can kind of see some of the stuff behind me. So this, the, the back half of the room behind me is display where I keep all my, my using tins, uh, you know, all the pipes that I have out. And then on this side of the room, which is behind the camera, is um, where I keep all my pipe uh, tobacco blending stuff. And storage is always kind of an issue. Stuff is always coming in. Um, but the, the piece of equipment that I most need to upgrade, I need to get an electric shredder. Um, it, it takes me two and a half to three hours to grind up a, a pound manually, and I really need to get an electric shredder uh as fun as it is i'd like to knock uh you know several pounds out in a couple hours rather than you know a pound every three hours uh and, and as i use more whole leaf products and, and as they become more prevalent in the esf line um i have to get an electric shredder so that's next all right yeah yeah and space storage i'm always trying to build racks i'm always trying to to figure out a better way to do it so that's, that's yeah, the pipe in the back room yeah, storage is a huge uh, uh, challenge as well. You know, I, I see a lot of pipe makers yeah. that uh, they have uh, cubbies for, you know, the different, you know, uh, rod materials and, uh, you know, racks for their uh, for their block. I have the I have those plastic mm -hmm. totes because I have to stack them on top of one another. I I don't there's you know if I if I put um, uh, you know, cubbies along the walls. My my space is so tight. Mm -hmm. If I put cubbies along the walls, I they have like a three by three space in the middle of the 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 shop that I can would be allowed to stand in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, there's yep. just no, there's just no room. And so uh, as I continue to add materials, like I was talking earlier about the exotic woods that I I bought, I take that stuff into the shop and I think, oh boy, where am I going to put this? You know, and I stuffing it in my pockets and you know trying to find places to in the vest and you know trying to figure out how in the world i can you know backpack maybe wear a backpack with the materials in it while i work yeah <laughs> yeah yeah one of those little you know shoulder caddies where everything's just right there you know yeah. just reach over your shoulder grab it yeah 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 i understand completely okay. i have the same problem it space is yeah, I, I think if we talk to every pipe maker and every pipe tobacco blender, space is always the issue. You know, some guys yeah. are lucky enough to have the nice big shops, but 
you don't see it as often. You know, a lot of guys, well, I, I do some stuff in the basement and some stuff in the garage, just depending on what it is. So, yeah, right. There we go. All right. Last yeah. question from Connor Orlando on Instagram. Should you let your tobacco breathe, dry a little after opening a new tin or jar before packing and smoking? So, Tim, what's your thoughts on that? I always, um, I've got a, a leather tray that uh, our friend Thomas Tinker uh, made and sent me, and I use that religiously. I'll take uh, tobacco out of the container, spread it out, uh, and let it sit a while uh, to, to air off some of the moisture that's in it. It's too wet. It's just all that moisture is going to collect at the bottom of your uh, the bottom of the bowl, and it's just going to gurgle and and be hard to keep lit, and you're going to get tongue bite, and it's just not going to be right. And but you know, I I have to. There is a there is an amount of moisture that I um, uh, like to have in it. If I let it go too long, let it set out, and it gets to be tinder dry, then that's no good either. There's a there's a happy balance in between there, and it's only something that I know by feel. Uh, I know when it's ready. And, you know, I'll pick it up and I'll rub it between my fingers and I can tell that, you know, that it, it's ready now and I can, I can smoke it. And, and it's, it's a preference thing for me. Um, I don't know what other folks do, uh, but uh, it's something that I just, by preference, I've learned how to do over time. And I just by, by feel, I know that, okay, you know, it's got, it's not too dry, but it's not too wet. It's got kind of the acceptable amount of moisture in it that it'll smoke right tastes good so that's how i okay. do it um all right so it, it's different for me here in colorado than it was in south carolina um south carolina i just took it right out of the jar packed it in and lived with it you know the humidity's high in south carolina um but the oxygen level here in colorado is such that it, it does have to be a bit drier so typically sometime between 25 and 35 minutes of drying time before I'll load it. And in fact, in the tobaccos that I'm smoking, if I've pressed it, I will rub it out uh, as soon as I take it out of the press and put it in a jar. And then I can, you know, let it sit out for 25 minutes. If I take a fresh puck and rub it out, you know, sometimes it can take up to an hour for it to dry out to a level where you can keep it lit. Um, relights are a big thing here just because of the lower oxygen. So the tobacco has to be a little bit drier. Um, as you continue on in your, your journey, Connor, uh, you'll find out what's right for you. Um, you know, it may be as little as 15 minutes, but I would recommend starting it at that 25 to 35 minute and, and see what you think, see if it's got a different flavor profile and try from there. And that's just my opinion on it. So there you go. All right. Well, we've gone through all the categories. We've we've about wrapped it up today. Uh, we've we've run a little bit over an hour, and I, I've certainly had a blast. And uh, I look forward to the next uh, week's episode where we talk about the Columbus Pipe Show, and uh, you get yeah, to tell me great. about all the people you met and all the things that you saw. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. so you'll be home well, Sunday it, afternoon after the show. Right. Yeah. And we'll we'll uh, we'll talk okay. Sunday evening. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, and say hi know, to we'll, all of our friends that are going to be there. 
Well, and, and thanks to everybody who's listening to this. You know, this is the the first one, and uh, uh, you know, like any first time out, um, might be feel a little clunky, but uh, thanks for for putting up with us, and uh, we want to do more of this. So, uh, please, anytime you have a question that comes up, uh, look for uh, Jim or I on Instagram and send us a direct message. Um, you can also go to my uh, website, pbhbp.com, pbhbp.com, and uh, there's a, a contact uh, uh, form in there. Um, you can also uh, leave a, an email, and uh, we'll read your questions on the pod, on the next podcast. So uh, like having the questions, it makes it interesting, and everybody can participate. Exactly. So again, if you have questions, you can reach Tim and I at Instagram. You can direct message us. Uh, I will post weekly before the show, typically on Wednesday, you know, give you guys a couple of days to figure out what questions you want to ask and, and we'll read them on the air at the next one. And, and if you like the podcast and you want to see more of it, please, please let us know. Uh, but we plan on doing this for a while because, um, well, I think it's an interesting show to have a pipe maker and a tobacco blender on that we can talk about things. So there we go. Great. Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode. And we will see you next week for episode two, where we talk about the Columbus Pipe Show. Thank you all for coming. We'll talk to you later.